from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed on the third day and be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as a human being Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? But what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. Simon and just saw Simon. Jesus looked at Simon and saw not just Simon, but Peter, the rock on which he would build his church. Petrus in Greek, Petrus in Latin simply means rock. So, a new name. That very next moment is the gospel we have just heard. aside and rebukes him when Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. And Peter himself receives the worst rebuke in all of scripture. Get behind me, Satan. What Peter has proposed to our Lord is satanic. It's not any longer listening to the Father. He is instead 
his own criteria. The Jewish people of the time of Peter expected that the Messiah would be a king in the line of King David, that the Messiah would liberate Israel and restore the kingdom. And so this is the Messiah that the whole Jewish people expected. Jesus had once before predicted his death and resurrection, but Peter likely thought of this as a metaphor. But now Jesus says again that he must suffer and die. Peter loves Jesus. Peter has followed him for more than two years. No wonder, he says, this must never happen to you. is, or Simon really, is truly to be Peter, then he cannot think merely according to his own criteria or expectation. He must learn. Simon must learn who is Peter. With Simon, so with us. teaches us that each of us unique and unrepeatable. There never has been before, there never will be again you. Have a name that is your own, unlike any other. It says in the book of Revelation that if we are faithful, we will receive finally, when we are face to face with our Lord, a white stone with our name written on it. And in that moment, we will know the name by which we, each of us, is called. And like the name first given to Simon, like the name Peter, it will be a name that belongs to no one else. Now, my name is Michael. Your pastor's name is Michael. Happens to be one of the most common names in the whole Judeo Christian world. And so that my name is Michael doesn't tell you anything about me, really. It's just a great way to get my attention. But the name that is truly my name, unique, unrepeatable, the name that is your name, the name by which God has called you is something that we must, like Simon, discern. What is the mission that we have been given? Simon's mission was to care for the whole church and the Petrine office in the church. The office now held by Pope Francis is the same care of the Christian community, the care of the church. It is this Petrine office that the ordained participate in, having given an office. But it is not the same. The Second Vatican Council, for the first time in the church's history, the role of the lay faithful in the church's mission was given explicit articulation. And to you has been given the responsibility to bring the gospel to the world, especially in the 
places where people are farthest from the church. You don't have to go outside of San Francisco to find those people. We just have to cross the street. Has been given a life, a, relationship, a series of relationships, a family, a work that is your own. And no one has the same exact testimony to Christ that you are capable of giving. Because if your friends, if your associates at work, Christ, it will not be through the clergy, it will be through you. Years ago I was pastor in our parish in Seattle, Washington. It's called Blessed Sacrament. It is in the university district. And I used to occasionally go to a marvelous pub. And by the way, if ever you were in Seattle, I recommend it. It is Murphy's. It's on 45th Avenue in the University District. They have a great Irish stew. At any rate, I would go there and I would enjoy talking to graduate students. I would go with a couple of the students who came to our parish. And after a pint or two pints, sometimes three pints, and I would not go dressed like this. <laughs> me, what do you do? And I would tell them, I am a Catholic priest. As a matter of fact, I'm the pastor of the church whose steeple you can see across the freeway. And at that moment, interestingly, the conversation would normally come to a screeching halt. And the students would have stricken looks on their faces. What have I said? I told one kid, your mother sent me. <laughs> These young people are truly to encounter our Lord. It will not be through someone like myself spending a few hours of an afternoon in a pub. It will be through those, of course, who they know, where the relationships truly are. It will be through you that your friends, your family, those with whom you work, will encounter our Lord. You are the apostle in that place. And like Simon Peter, you really must learn what it is in that place and with these people to speak Christ, to give an account of the faith. Because if you don't do that, they will not hear of him. What they do here will be given through the media and very often up now through rather hostile sources. So, unfortunately, our church has never really offered a formation for that purpose. Father Michael and myself as Dominicans received eight years of a formation before we were inflicted on the people of God. Formation meant that we had to organize the whole of our life around our vocation. 
location that's been trusted to us, in this case, to help in the Petrine ministry, to teach, sanctify, and govern within the Christian community. But as a church, we tended to ignore, in a way, the much greater task, now explicitly entrusted to you, to the lay faithful, to bring Christ into every area of secular initiative, or to influence society itself from the inside as a leaven, to quote Roman Gentium from Vatican II. formation, a formation that integrates a spiritual discipline, a spiritual life, systematic theological preparation so that you can give an account of the church's faith, but one that is oriented to secular life, not within the Christian community, that you should have the assistance of people who discern with you have a voice in that mission. These are the essential things for the sake of your mission in the church. For this reason, our Western province has founded the Lay Mission Project, a three-year-long formation for the laity. We don't expect you to interrupt your life for the next three years in order to be formed. But we have organized this online and in person in order that a busy lay person can do it. is the opportunity for you to discern what is your particular call from God and how to exercise it in the secular order. Put the tradition of the church at your disposal for this purpose. Paul taught us that we should regard the present circumstances of our life, all of its complexity, but our job, our secular work, our relationships, our family, our different associations as a sacred because this is what it is. And in a wonderful way, we really do learn who we are when we answer that call, the purpose that our Lord has for us, the name that is ours alone. Optimism, not optimism, hope. Hope, after all, is confident expectation. sense of our own vocation, our own purpose, our own call, then we can realize what St. Catherine of Siena told us, that if we are who God means us to be, we will set the world on fire. So what will this world look like when we, who God has called the light of the world, are actually capable of bringing the gospel into every area of human initiative.
gets to us a little dark sometimes, then possibly it's because those who are the light of the world have far too little influence and far too little voice. We take up this call, discover who we are as we answer the call of our Lord, and then bring our Lord to others so that he may walk with them. When we do this, then we really, truly will see the world set on fire.